If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on episode 229 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Genesis GV70, the Mercedes-AMG SL Roadster, the Ford Bronco, Chevy Equinox EV, Mercedes-Benz Vision EQXX, BMW iX Flow, and Volvo Ride Pilot and more. All that coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. So 229 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abu-Al-Samad of Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakelin with True Car. And I am Roberto Baldwin with TechCrunch. And uh, Nicole, why don't you go first? Okay. You always do that to me when I'm the least prepared, Sam. <laughs> it's like you ask Robbie and I'm ready. You ask me and I'm like, oh, crud, I was still writing stuff down. <laughs> so um, I had a vehicle I've talked about before. I had the Ford Bronco this last week, um, the two-door with the uh, Sasquatch package. Did you have the hard top or soft top? I have a hard top. Um, So, yeah. And Sasquatch, yeah. Which is kind of just fun to say. And you can't see, but I'm making like a little claw, like a Sasquatch, because I feel like they would have claws. Um, Probably very (laughs) large ones, though. Only the very large ones. The big giant claw. Uh, So... One of the fun things about driving this, I've driven this before, um, like on, on media drives, but um, nobody has these yet. Like I haven't seen a Bronco in the wild, like a Ford Bronco anywhere yet. I just don't think anybody in our area has them. <laughs> I've literally not seen one. I've seen some Bronco sports, but not the Bronco. So as I'm driving around, the most fun thing about this is watching the reaction of everybody. And what's kind of cool is it's like always these people that are in other off-road vehicles that are turning their heads and like trying to see it on highways and stuff. But then you'll I saw this one forerunner go by and the guy had like, it had a lift. It was tricked out. I felt like he could have driven off into the wilds of the White Mountains with this thing. And he's looking, he's looking at his window and his wife, significant others, the passenger seat. And she's still like giving me these like two thumbs up, like, that's awesome. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was so cute to see this. Like, yay, someone has a Bronco. So uh, you think he's sitting there and it's like, I just spent like $80,000 in aftermarket parts on this. And then she just drives up with her Sasquatch. No, it seemed very <laughs> And Julie nice. over here is like, oh, look at that. That's much I nicer know, than No, they were built. both looking out the window like look at that thing that's really cool so i think they were just excited to see it sort of uh 
out in the wild. Putting the party out in the wild. Yeah. So driving it, it's fun to drive. It's very truck-ish to drive. You know, you have that bounce. I found this when I was driving the Bronco before that it's it's moderately well-mannered on the highway. You know, you get a little bit of bounce this way and it isn't a truck platform. So you, you feel, it feels like driving a truck. The thing that I find the most challenging about driving the Bronco is, and I forgot exactly what they pop. Uh, called them. They have these little like guide sites that are located on the um, hood. The, so the, the handles on the, the on little the cor- hand. Corners, yeah, yeah. The little handles, they make this feel wider to me than it is. It somehow messes with my, like, as I pull into parking spaces, I think my brain puts them further out to the side than they are. And I always feel like I'm closer than I am. So it makes it feel unduly wide when you're not, you know, when you're just driving and trying to park in a parking space at the grocery store. Well, it's probably uh, because most, most vehicles, you know, they kind of slope away. This thing is more right. squared. And right. so most vehicles are actually wider than they appear to be. Right. And this one, I think my brain tries to do the autocorrect. It's been doing my whole life is that, well, if that's where it looks like the edges of the hood are, you've got X number of inches of vehicle still on either side as it curves down that you can't see. So don't take out the car next to you. So I find like, I feel like I'm coming into a spot and I'm pulling closer to my side because I can see it. And I look on the right hand side and I've got like miles of room. So I have this, like, it's hard to judge. You have to, it takes a little getting used to that. That is actually the edges of your vehicle. You don't have to worry about extra that that's it. Um, it's, it's a fun car to drive. You know, it's, as capable as as they build, you know, I've taken this off road with four. We did some uh, pretty fast, speedy driving out in Nevada just before Thanksgiving. Um, it's a hoot to drive off road. I mean, if you want an off road vehicle, it's a heck of a lot of fun. It has that um, trail turn assist, so you can you know, sort of like turn on a dime, almost like pivot on one wheel, which is a super cool feature. And it has a pretty durable interior. It feels like you could you know, when you take off those doors and you go tromping through the mud, it's not going to fall apart. It's going to be fine with a little bit of mud. The drawback to the two door, there are two big ones. It's only four passenger. So you lose one seat. So you can't put five people in there. The back seats are pretty snug. If you, if you crawl into the back seats, that's, it's a snug fit. Uh, You're not going to be having someone, you know, it's not like adults can't do it. Kids can climb back there. Adults can climb back there, but you're, um, you know, your older aunt is probably not going to hop in the back of your two-door Bronco with ease. <laughs> of course, the same is true for a Wrangler. Right. The same yeah. is true for a Wrangler. It, it, it's the two-door thing. The two-door yeah, makes it hard. Well, it's two, two-door. And two-door and short wheelbase because uh, yeah. that, you know, the back seat is stuffed in behind, in between the, the rear wheel wells instead right. of being in front of them. Right. So it wasn't like the Wrangler does it better. Not even compared to the Wrangler. Just, you know, it's, it's tough. And... It was funny. We were taking some things to Goodwill yesterday, cleaning out things because I'm getting a new kitchen and many things Mm. in my house I have that I don't use. I'm like, we must get rid of this, but let's give it to someone. And so we went to pile that and a bunch of other stuff in the back. And I like opened the back of the Bronco. I'm like, nope, we're not taking this car because although it looks like it should outside, you think there's all this room to put stuff in the back. There is not. Yeah. It's like, there is not. I like shut it. I'm like, nope, we're going to take your car hubby. So we took his instead because there really isn't cargo room back there. I haven't looked up the number, but it's not something like you're not making a dump run in that you're not buying any mulch. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, I mean, you can put the, you can fold the back seat down and get some extra cargo space. But, right. But then you, you can get some, but you have to fold the back seat down. Yeah. Like I like, you know, that in a larger, you know, if you go to four door, you don't, you can, you don't have to fold the back seat down. You can still have people along and put stuff in the back here. You can go to really dump, but stuff. all by yourself. 
without your all by kids. yourself and, and, the you kids, have to... and the kids want to go to the dump right i'm, and I'm the sorry kids are they do. free they're free labor to unload the stuff at the dump yeah. and you can't even bring them with you so um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that is I mean, the that's... one upside of having kids is you know yeah hey come help me do most, this mostly free labor i mean you end mostly up free labor. eventually anyway Right. But, you know, in the moment. But still, in the moment, you're like, mow the lawn, haul this stuff to the dub. Yes. And you can't if you have a two door. Uh, but, you know, the, I don't think there's there's no surprises having this for the week. I mean, I had it in some really crummy weather. We got about six inches of really heavy wet snow that iced over and made that nice little icy, chattery kind of road surface uh, driving around on that and playing around with it. And it handles just as well as you'd expect. You know, it's it's not the same as driving off road, but it's still that, you know, poor terrain trying to get through some little berms of snow at the end of roads. It was perfectly fine. It chews that stuff right up without a problem. And, you know, it's, it's everything that the Bronco pretty much is exactly what you expect the Bronco to be. It's a little rough and ready. Cause it's a, you know, truck based it's in the two door, not super huge. So if you've got a family and all their stuff, you probably don't want the two door. You probably want the four. And if you plan to go off road and do some serious off roading, you, or even if you don't, and you just want to look like you do, <laughs> uh, which I think is a lot of the time how these work. Uh, it's, it's a great choice. It's, it's a good option. Um, I should probably have pricing and I don't, cause remember Sam called on me first. Um, <laughs> oh no. It, did did you did you and uh, and your husband take the his Wrangler and and the Bronco out to an ORV park and try them out head to head on? We didn't we didn't take them out to an ORV park, but we did take them out. That so the day that it was horrible crappy weather on the roads and the snow and the mess, we did take both of them out. Like pretty much, we rode in both of them together, and then you know in short order, so the roads were pretty much the same. They handle very similarly in bad weather, you know, and I've driven the, obviously his Wrangler quite a bit off-road um, and just, I mean, in terms of how well they both do off-road, I don't feel like you really do bad with either one. Like people seem to have this need to say like the Wrangler's better or the Bronco's better. Well, there's good and bad features about each. There's pluses and minuses to each. So it's not like you're really going wrong getting one over the other. It's just a matter of which you prefer honest to goodness it's like which one did, are you more comfortable and, and, in did and you which like one you ride? can get your hands on these right because you can't get yeah really whichever one you can get your hands on um so it's 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 a worthy competitor to the wrangler is it a wrangler killer i've never thought it was i think it's just if you don't want a wrangler and you like the bronco and you and you prefer what the bronco has and the drive of it it's just like picking any car, other car is a camry really significantly better than worse than a an Accord? Well, no, maybe you just like the Camry better. Maybe you just like the Accord better. Sometimes it really is just a matter of preference, which one you like the drive of, which one you feel more comfortable in. Because in terms of capability, you're not going to go wrong with either one. You want to climb a mountain in either of these, go for it. Which which engine did you have, the four-cylinder or the V6? I had the uh, four-cylinder. And what kind of mileage did you see with it? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't check mileage. Sorry, Sam. I know that's my, my failing point. It's, I forgot it's to just, that. You know, I mean, the one thing about the, you know, one area where the Wrangler at least has an option for that gives it a significant benefit over the, uh, um, the Bronco mm -hmm. is fuel economy. Cause you can get yeah. the, the, um, plug-in hybrid which is what you guys have which is what we have uh, yeah. yeah and that and, does i mean that is a big that option in the bronco and the bronco gets pretty terrible fuel economy yeah it's I, don't buy this if fuel economy is your priority <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> buy something else 
but it's, yeah. And I guess that's, you know, that's a big, you're, you pay a premium for that plug-in hybrid. I forget what it starts at, but it's, you know, you're paying yeah, a lot more. Cheap. Yeah. So you'll pay for that privilege, but there is, and that is something, I mean, if you're, cause I wasn't thinking in terms of the hybrid, but I mean, if in terms of the whole breadth of what's offered for each of these vehicles, you can get that hybrid. And the neat thing about that is that of course, if you save that EV mode until you go off road, it is super cool to drive that completely silently it is so cool uh you just you just hear things around you that you wouldn't hear and it's just if you're you know you're going off-road because you want to be out in the wild and out in the middle of nowhere and out you feel like that when you're in the the hybrid because it's it's quiet you're not listening to an engine uh something you can't get in the bronco so that is definitely a you know one in the wrangler's favor but you know, it's like a higher trim. You pay more for it, so you have to pay for that privilege. So, when when are we expecting Ford to give us a hybrid option for the Bronco? It was like a year, eighteen months, or something after the initial launch, or yeah, poss- possibly. You know, this, maybe this fall for the twenty twenty three models. I would guess twenty twenty three because things are still yeah. so backed up supply wise. Yeah, you know, yeah, everyone's just the- trying. Like, we can't fill the regular boring old ones right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go launch another one. Maybe, maybe not. Mm, maybe we just make the finish making the ones we're making. Right. Yeah. Let's finish the ones yeah, people ordered six months ago <laughs> and see if we can, you know, then go from there. Yeah. They, I'm sure they probably pushed it back at some point in the, so in, much in, been, internally yeah. they probably right. like hey you know what why don't we just finish building the things we already got yeah yeah and and there was didn't they have and i you know i was just thinking about this as we're talking didn't they have an issue with the hard tops on so the they, they did uh for the first several months there was a, an issue from the supplier right um, with the yeah it wasn't a ford issue yeah. yeah well i mean ultimately it's a ford issue but yeah there was a, a problem with the finish on those they have since uh, fix that issue, and uh, they have gone back and replaced the hard tops on all the early ones. And I know that, but didn't that cause some uh, delivery? Just in terms of talking yeah, about getting was, out there, what yeah, you have orders. There was a holdup because, in delays, so they, yeah. they, you know, they they held some of them back, and they've replaced those, and they've also replaced the ones that were delivered to customers with the, the bad tops. So you'd imagine that would, that would further, I mean, it's just, you feel, you know, things happen and you feel bad anytime it happens, especially something like that where it's their supplier that screwed up, not, you know, like Ford directly, but yeah. you're like, man, as if they don't have enough things to deal with, with all the shortages in 2021, it's like, Oh, by the way, we also messed up your hard tops. Have a nice day. It's like, you know, yeah. come and on, cut I mean, them some slack. <laughs> to be fair, that's typical of like a, a brand new car. There's always going right. to be some right. weird weirdness just because they've only made like a few hundred of these so far. And now they're like, got to build them to scale. And then when you start building the scale, you're like, Oh, 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 here's something. I had, happening. I had years ago, I had an OEM, I was talking to one of the, a customer, I mean, um, a consumer person, and she was talking about, you know, the car and I was like, Oh, this is great. This would be fun. I could see myself getting one of these. And this person literally said, don't ever buy the first model here. Of oh, any I vehicle I tell people ever. that all the time. Yeah. And I <laughs> remember like, the time I was really so... new. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to? And she's like, because we test them and we do all sorts of stuff to make sure they're right. And it's not like we send them out the door and going, Hey, let's see what happens. But there's always <laughs> something that happens that we think, we tested that a hundred million times. And if we had just tested it a hundred million in one, we'd have found this problem that now that it seems like every single consumer is hitting. So she's always wait, wait, wait a year. <laughs> well, I, Go ahead, Robbie. I've said that enough that my wife tells people that. My really? Like, yeah, I don't ever buy the first year or something. <laughs> you don't want to ever want the first year. I'm like, yeah, of course, I don't. I, don't, I don't follow my own advice. I bought. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, no, I don't care. I do. want it now. Yeah. Come well, on. And Why would we do that? The, uh, 
the, the reason I part of the reason I asked which top you had, uh, there was a story that popped up on the drive uh, earlier this week uh, about this uh, a Bronco in northern Canada, and uh, it, it was a soft top, and the guy went away for a week, and <laughs> there was a blizzard, and there was when his wife went out and looked in the Bronco, and there was all the snow inside of it, where something was a appears to have not been properly latched or holy you know, was not cow those pictures was not yeah. sealing properly so yeah there, I'll, I'll i'll put the uh the link in the show notes that is a lot of it. snow for just oh, i guess i guess if it was really just blowing just right it could have blown right that's in. a blizzard yeah. so it's coming sideways it's coming sideways right. well, at also you. northern canada i just assume yeah. they're just always snowing well, it just true. always looks like this. This is actually yeah. this picture was taken in April. No. Yeah, this is this is a January. This is a June Those, picture. Yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, reading through it, uh, it, it sounds like I guess there, there's something with with the four door Broncos with the soft top. Um, there's separate wow. latches at the middle of the roof and at the front of at the windshield header, mm-hmm. and sometimes if you don't get them latched correctly, it can lead to leaking. And that might be what happened here. Wow. Oh. So. That is this a is, lot of snow in that car. That's yeah. like old Wrangler issues where, like, if once you took the top off, the soft top of the old Wrangler, like, trying to get it back on was just I, – I was in I Hawaii. I gave up once. I yeah, totally yeah gave I up. gave up once, I, too. I was in I, Hawaii. I was trying we to get it back one. on. Yeah, and I was like, I can't get this back. And literally they were coming to pick it up, and I'm like, here, hope it doesn't rain. I can't get <laughs> yeah. this back up. <laughs> it, it rained on us. We could, I, oh, could, no. I, I opened it in Hawaii because I was like, oh, let's do – it was our – our last Hawaii trip for my wife started uh, school, and so we knew we weren't going to go on vacation for like four years. So we we're like, "Oh, let's let's go let's go full tourist and get a get a Wrangler." So we got a Wrangler, and it was a soft top, and uh, I was like, uh, "And I knew, I knew," <laughs> but still, I got it, and we drove it, and then I opened the top, and then I couldn't get it closed, and it started raining, and it's you know we're in, we're in Kauai, which is like the wettest place in the world. It's we're we're uh, up north. And it just started pouring, and I couldn't get to close. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. We're just uh, sitting here in the rain. And, like an inch of water, like filled up in the footwells. And I was like, oh well. <laughs> For, yeah. Fortunately, in the Bronco, it does it does have uh, yeah, it's like five. on the floor. So yeah, it was fine, but it was out. also just like whatever. Open the door, splash it out with my foot. There we go. Let's go. Let's go to dinner. Well, back about all I can think of it. It's going to be such a pain in the neck for them to try this out because if you manage to get water in your car and it's summer, you can at least like. Leave it open and let the sun do its job. Yeah. But here, no. it's going to be yeah, no. warming up while you're sitting in it, and your butt is going to be soaking uh, wet forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back back in 2005 or so, when I was still working as an engineer uh, at TRW, they uh, we were doing the brake system for the uh, Pontiac Solstice, and they they sent over a prototype to our shop, to our garage, and it was in in the garage, and you know we were. Some of us, some of us were looking over it, and we put the we made the mistake of putting the top down on the solstice, and then we decided to try to put the top back up. Oh no! <laughs> and yeah, you know, the solstice looks great with the top down, uh-huh. um, but putting the top up on it, the, the top mechanism on that thing was just such a horrendous mess that we we finally gave up after about half an hour. <laughs> You're like, done. Not doing and, it. <laughs> yeah, this was a group of engineers. It's like, I don't know how they did it. But, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's not a good sign. Engineers, engineers are, like, are like, oh. I'm looking at trouble. this. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I do miss the, the, the 
it was it was kind of a pain, but also it was very simple the, when we had the Del Sol because it just slipped into it was like a T top, and you just turned like two handles and clunk. And then when you took it out, you, there was a little there was a carrier in the trunk, and you stuck it in the trunk. Oh, that's cool. You still cool. had like, yeah, that was a nice. But you also had to carry this big giant roof all the time. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that and heavy, but it. it was still it was still awkward if you weren't like a tall big person who had long arms. And you are tall because I still remember standing next to you for the first time and going, wow, he really is tall. I'm, I wasn't lying. You weren't lying. He's a giant, people. <laughs> a giant. I'm a tall. All right. Speaking of open-top vehicles, uh, Mr. Baldwin, I think you uh, drove something, too, like that. I did um, in, uh, wow, exactly, I think a month ago. Um the Mercedes-AMG SL. This is the new SL, the new uh, SL Roadster. It is uh, – I, I actually did a, a ride-along in the vehicle, oh, gosh, months ago uh, with some – Back with an in ing- August or so. Yeah, with, some, with, with an engineer, and we talked about what they were trying to accomplish with this vehicle. It was to make it lighter, to make it more responsive, to make it more um, – to make it more like an SL, like a proper SL, like a, this the sports uh, roadster, the sports car roadster. And so finally I get to drive it and they have accomplished. They have done what they said they wanted to do. You know, and it's, it's AMG and it's AMG only. You cannot get the SL outside of an AMG if you, if you, want, the, <laughs> if you want something that I guess is there, – there are two variants. There's the SL55 and the SL63. So if you're like looking for one and you're like, well, I don't want all this power, just get the uh, 55. Um, but yeah, no, in either vehicle, and I and I think most people should just get the five, the 55. You don't you don't need the six, the the, uh, the insane power of the the 63. But uh, that said, um, it is a really nice, fun car to drive. I can see a lot of people um, purchasing it and probably just keeping it in comfort mode the entire time because they're. You know, they're, they're just going to be driving around town. This is very much an, an L.A. vehicle. Uh, we drove it around. Uh, where do we drive from? Um, from Orange County to Palm Springs, which was exactly what you would do with an AMG SL, <laughs> with a Mercedes SL Roadster. Um, unfortunately, it was raining, and then it got super, super foggy, and I had to slow down like 20 miles an hour. <laughs> but that said, it's comfortable it's it's got a ton of power. It's well mounted, uh, um, you know, Mercedes power. So it's not like you know, it's not herky jerky. It's very smooth. Um, you know, they they're trying to make sure that it still has that uh, that that luxury and comfort of a Mercedes Benz. And for the most part, they did that in, in comfort mode. But it is it's not an S class. You know, it's it's not an E class. It's still, you know, it's still a Roadster. It's still an SL. Um, and so, you know, you still have a, you know, it's it's not nearly as as uh, as as nice on or as nice and smooth as those vehicles when you're driving around. But you know, I th- I feel like you kind of you kind of give that up when you when you again an AMG, which I think there there's probably people who who would be happy to have it without the AMG. They don't need all that speed. They just want the convertible. But I think wah, it's a wah. it's it's yeah. I think it's a low it's a low numbers vehicle. I don't think they're gonna sell a t- you know you know s class or c class or e class numbers on this thing um but for people who do buy it they're gonna really enjoy it. it's the first uh all-wheel drive it's formatic plus um sl so so you got that going for you the uh the 55 has uh, 469 horsepower and 516 pound feet of torque which is more than adequate um if you uh if you if you 
demand speed. The uh, the the sixty three has five hundred seventy seven horsepower from and five hundred ninety. Uh, Feet of torque, and both of those have a uh, the a, a handcrafted AMG four liter V eight um, uh, bi turbo. So you know you get the little engine, and you get someone's signature on it, Hans or or, or Phil or whoever built it. You know they, they've let's go Tom. With Tom. That's a nice Thomas, German name, Tom. Tomas. Tomas. Yeah. Tomas. <laughs> you get no, just Tom. Tomas's or Tom. Just Tom. Just Tom. <laughs> Who built it, Tom? Peter. Yeah. So you get you know you get you get that cool thing. Um, yeah, it's comfortable. It's fun because it has a because um, they know that the, the top's going to be down. And if you've ever uh, driven a vehicle at the top down, you know that a, probably with the Jeep or with the Bronco or you know uh, with the Miata, sometimes the sun will glare on the screen. Sometimes ah. I don't think it's that. It's not on the, it's, on the windshield or on the screens the, in the car. On the on the screens, on the displays, on the touch screens. So sometimes you're driving like, oh, I can't really see what's going on for a little bit. So to fix this, Mercedes has made the uh, the uh, the touchscreen uh, infotainment display. It tilts. It tilts forward so you and back. You can tilt it at a different angle. So you can so you tilt can. it at a different angle in order to see uh, better. It's it. Yeah, you, and you push cool. a little button. It's like mm, mm. it's but like you a don't fun just actually tilt it. It's power tilt. It's power. Of course, it's power. Like I'm you not, you're not be expected to do this I'd, yourself. Either that, or you know, you could just. Watch the road and the world around you, and you know, forget about the screen, and you know. Well, and then I was gonna say, yeah, well, that's crazy talk. If you, you know, if you, if you need directions, but then the directions can be on the, the center console as well in the uh, or the, uh, the dash cluster as well. But it tilts twelve to thirty-two degrees, so it's twelve, and then it goes up to thirty-two, okay. and then, it, and then my dog barks. Um, <laughs> she's very excited about thirty-two degrees of tilt. Um, and then they have like a little cover uh, for the uh, for the dash cluster. So I guess they're, they're really thinking about that. You know, as the, the the shoulder vents. So if you decide you want the top down, but it's cold out, you get the shoulder vent. So it keeps your, your, your shoulders nice and warm in your neck, which is uh, just just yeah, Mercedes I mean, has had that for a while on it. Yeah. On, yeah. On, on there. The I, I remember we, 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 we tried it on the uh, the S class convertible once. And I was like, oh, my wife's like, this is just too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Mercedes, you know, there is no such thing as too much. There is no such thing as too much. It has all-wheel. It also has all-wheel steering, which is nice. Um, I'm I'm a big fan, especially after uh, spending about a week with the EQS um, and that thing, and and driving with all-wheel steering with a with a large car. I'm like, all right, this is everything should have all-wheel steering. That's the law. <laughs> anything the big, law. anything big should have all-wheel steering. And so whenever you see those big trucks, those big EV trucks, and they're like, "Oh, this is all wheel steering," you're just like, "Oh, all right." No, you're gonna you're gonna be so excited when you pull into Target in your your lifted uh, Rivian R1T or your 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 gear your, your, your Silverado your, EV, your Silverado EV, or your Hummer EV, especially your the Hummer. Your F150 Lightning. Your F150. You're gonna be so excited when you're like, "Oh, look at that!" Um, I didn't get fuel economy because I. Uh, you know, we drive yeah. like a bat out of hell. It's a it was a drive program, so I have You're driving an SL. Who cares? Yeah, no one. Yeah, no one's no one's. You're not. You don't care. You just don't, you don't care. care. You don't care. That's not a. I should buy an SL. We don't have pricing, but it's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pricing a lot is it's the probably going to be like one thirty. I'm guessing for the five five, and then or for the fifty five, and then probably more. Um, but overall, no, I I really like it. It's. Um, I, I had an opportunity to drive the uh, a 57 SL300 Roadster, 
and there's there's this glamour that comes with that vehicle. There's this this you know all you know gold, uh, golden age Hollywood drove the 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 300 SL Roadster, and I can see that happening again with this vehicle. I think it has um, the design. Everything about it is very like this is beautiful, but not overstated. It's not a Lamborghini. It's not a Ferrari. It's very much uh, uh, for the the more um, glamorous of the uh, the Hollywood set. It's the George Clooney's. It's not the yeah. It's so. the George Clooney's, not the Kim Kardashians. Yes, yeah. It's How's the George that? Clooney's. It's not the Kim Kardashian. Thank you. I was trying to think right. of. I was trying outrageous. to think of someone who would be the who would be an opposite. I know it's a woman. I'm like that's about as opposite as I could come up with. <laughs> yeah, the Kardashians. I mean, the Kardashians have a, have a history of buying just like really large, outrageous vehicles. Crazy, um, outrageous. So, 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 so Kardashians would drive around in like a, a gold wrapped Hummer. Yes. While while yes. you know George Clooney would drive around in an SL. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think that's a, that's a, that is a fair assumption. A gold wrap Hummer with like the logo would be embellished with actual diamonds. Who cares if they fall off while you're driving? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, well, you I just mean, get more. You just get be, more. You go to your diamond supply in your closet in a little bin that you have. Stick a little, few more on your, there. Your little diamond supply. Little di- like most people keep buttons, you know, a couple of yeah, those extra thread. buttons that come with your shirt. Right. <laughs> it's just a pile of diamonds if you're a Kardashian. Yeah. My diamond sack. This is my diamond sack. This is my uh, diamond supply. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I also drove the EQS, um, AMG EQS, which you know, there's always the and during that drive program, and there's always the concern that what's going to happen is you're going to take a very comfortable. Uh, luxurious charge car and kind of mess it up by throwing by making it performance um but when you're in comfort mode it's great and i got to drive it in the snow because for some reason it was cold and snowy up uh while we were driving it was a bad day for a convertibles <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i and it had it uh, that uh eqs uh the amg eqs had uh summer tires on it Ooh. Ooh. Oh, but, and, uh, but, yeah. but it was all wheel drive. It's got that 10, 10 degree. Oh, no, it's nine degrees of rear steering because of bigger tires um, instead of 10 degrees like the regular uh, EQS. Um, it was fine. Like it was all icy and, and everything. And I threw it in slippery mode, which is a new mode for the uh, AMG model. And it was, uh, I was like, oh, look at this. This is, you know, and I, you know, you try to get the brake free because that's what you do as a person who like encounters snow for the first time in like in a year and a half. You're like, yay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it did a, it did a pretty good job. I'm, once they throw some, if you know, you throw some all seasons or some winter tires, that thing is going to be planted pretty pretty good to the ground. But yeah, both of those. Uh, anyway, you can read both of those things on uh, TechCrunch. I guess the same time this goes up. Ta-da! All right. Ta-da! Ta-da! Uh, and I had the uh, 2022 Genesis GV70, the latest addition to the the Genesis lineup, which is. Basically, about as close as uh, Americans are going to get to the G70 estate or uh, shooting brake uh, model that they sell in other markets because Ooh. we don't we don't appreciate station wagons, so we you know, we have to jack them up into the air to 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 get anything that is shaped vaguely like a station wagon. Uh, but the 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 GV70 that I've got is the two liter turbo. Uh, all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive is standard on the GV70. So on the G70 sedan, you can get them in rear drive or all-wheel drive. But on the, the GV, uh, it's all-wheel drive only. Uh, and uh, I had the advanced model, uh, the advanced trim level. Uh, so that is the second from the top. Uh, they, it com- comes in four different trims, standard, select, advanced, and sport prestige. Uh, so I had the, I had the advanced 
the 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 two liter or sorry it's not two liter it's a 2.5 t uh the hyundai motor group has replaced the two liter turbo they used to have with a 2.5 liter that is used in a wide variety of vehicles at various power output levels uh for genesis it's rated at 300 horsepower 311 foot pounds of torque uh, uses an eight-speed automatic transmission uh, with uh, paddle shifters on there, uh, fully independent suspension. Uh, the um, the the interior of the GV70 is largely the same as the G70, uh, which means that you get uh, the rotary shift knob and the center console. And um, unlike the G80 and GV80. Uh, it doesn't have uh, the the uh, the, cent- the rotary controller for the infotainment is not set in flush as we've talked about before that uh, you know where it's kind of hard to actually get a grip on it without clicking it at the same time mm-hmm. so it's it's raised up more like a BMW uh, iDrive controller uh, so you ba- it looks like you have two similar controllers one behind the other one for the transmission one for the infotainment <laughs> excuse me but they have different uh, finishes on them. The, the transmission shifter has the the knurling like you'll find on a lot of the controls in the in the G70, GV70, G80, etc. Um, the it's a metallic knurled pattern on there, whereas the uh, the infotainment controller is more of uh, it's uh, it's probably plastic, uh, but it's like a, a you know, like a crystalline. Uh, type of surface on the outer perimeter of it, so you can, you can, it's easy to get a good grip on it to, to spin it around quickly and, and move around the infotainment system fairly quickly. Uh, no touch screen uh, in here, uh, so clearly this would be uh, a non-starter for Nicole. Uh, but <laughs> like, uh, but the system works well, and of course, since it is a modern product from the the Hyundai Motor, Hyundai Motor Group, it does include the sounds of nature. Yay! Uh, so. Uh, you know, I was uh, driving around. You know, it was fairly frigid uh, this week uh, here in here in Michigan. Uh, so driving around with a little bit of the cr- the crunching as you walk through the snow. <laughs> crunching snow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, crunch, uh, crunch, crunch. Uh, yeah. It, the this 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 powertrain in here, I think, is a is a really nice balance for the the G70 GV70. Uh, you know, it it's not a huge vehicle. You know, it's you know, similar in size to a BMW X3. Um, you know, so it's it's roomy enough in the back seat for a couple of adults, uh, but it's not it's not an enormous SUV. Um, and I I really like the size. Uh, they, as we talked about uh, a month or so ago, when I had the G70, uh, the G70 got a, a refresh this model year uh, with a new front fascia that matches the the look that we got on the G80 GV80 and and now on the upcoming G90 as well with the the slim horizontal headlamps um and uh matching the the similarly slim uh horizontal tail lamps on the back uh it's uh, you know it's a good look I I like the look of it um it drives really well uh, said so, you know it's plenty of power 300 horsepower uh it's it's a very responsive engine not a lot not really any noticeable turbo lag uh the fuel economy you know it's rated at 22 city 28 highway uh for fuel economy 24 i think i've been getting around 20 2021 because it's it's been cold and and you know i've been having a little fun with this thing so you know it's fine um no no complaints there 
the uh, the standard uh, GV70 starts at 41.5 uh, before the um, delivery charge, and the one as I drove it uh, for the advanced model, uh, including the $1,045 delivery charge, came to $50,695, uh, and I think. You know, in the in the segment against the likes of, uh, you know, an X3, uh, GLC, Mercedes GLC, uh, Audi Q5, I think I think it's a it's a really uh, really competitive product and and you know pretty decent value as as we've come to expect from Genesis and and the rest of the group brands. Uh, it you know it's it like I said you know it's got fairly comfortable ride. Uh, it's also got, uh, when, particularly when you put it in sport mode, uh, decent steering feedback, uh, very responsive. Uh, you know, it's it's a good size. You know, so it's easy to park. You don't need four wheel steering on a vehicle this size. You can get it into parking spaces really easily. Get them out. It would be cool though. You're just woo, just doing yeah, it would, it would circles, cool. teeny tiny circles. Yeah. You know, it's got the full suite of uh, driver assist features, including adaptive cruise control, Hyundai's uh, highway drive assist uh, for lane centering. Uh, it's, uh, it does have uh, support for, it's got a wireless charger, um, Android Auto and CarPlay, but not uh, wireless. So you do have to plug in your phone uh, or just use it with, with Bluetooth. One interesting detail on uh, that's included in the uh, comfort and convenience on this thing a lot of modern cars uh, have you can have set up multiple driver profiles they're usually tied to your key fob uh, and so you know you or your partner you know you each have your own key fob you get in the car and it can be set to uh, you know to automatically set your mirrors set your preferences for the audio system uh, set the seat in the right position as you walk up to the driver's door all mm-hmm. that stuff will adjust um, but you can also set uh, profiles in the infotainment system on this thing. And there's a little fingerprint scanner on the dashboard. So if you want to switch profiles or change, change your profile settings, it'll ask you, you know, if you set it up and I tried this, you know, put your finger on the, the fingerprint scanner and then it'll, it'll change, you can change profiles. And uh, that actually Did it work? worked. It, it worked quite reliably. Yeah. Yay. So that wow. was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like using a fingerprint scanner on your phone or on your computer. That uh, never so. worked well for me. I felt like when you had a little fingerprint thing back on the iPhone back in the day, I was forever like, it is my finger. Dang it. Like, open my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, it's maybe, my maybe, finger. Maybe your fingerprints are just worn off. I, I, I know guess that's on, it. On my phone. Um, on, <laughs> on from my, all the, the crimes. <laughs> uh, you know, I have it set up for both, both of my thumbs. And my right thumb rarely ever registers correctly, but my left thumb works every time. So it so, just has to be only – if clear, you clear, lose your left thumb, you're in trouble? Is that yeah, clear, clear, clearly I've, I've, I must have worn off most of the little whirls and stuff <laughs> on, my, on, my le- on my right thumb. I don't know what the deal is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as compact premium uh, crossovers go, I think this is, this is a really nice one. You know, it's got a distinct look. Uh, you know, it looks a little different from what you find from the Germans or uh, from from the Japanese premium brands. Um, it's got good performance, and it's you know a, a not unreasonable price. 
I'm a Genesis fan. Even without the touchscreen, I'm still a Genesis fan. I like I even without the touchscreen. I know, like, I know, right? And you that know says something. And you know if it's got to like be a great it, vehicle, right? If I like it, even without a touchscreen, you know that. You know, yeah. that's the. <clears throat> that's I just, I just think they're, they're, I think that I like. It's the same reason I like. Hyundai vehicles, they deliver a lot of content for a price that's unexpected. You feel like you should be paying more than you do. And like Genesis is a luxury brand. You're paying luxury prices, but you're still paying less for comparable luxury than you would with some other brands. It, it's And it's striking and it looks different, unique. And I feel I just I'm a, I'm a fan. fan. Thumbs up. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, on the one I've got, which is in this uh, really dark blue, the the chrome trim strips around the side glass and everything. I think the, the way they've done it, you know, when you look at it, you know, it stands out. You've probably seen, you know, the sketches done by designers where it does, you know, the, it's a sketch that's not in full detail, but just, just some basic lines of the profile, you know, the kind of calligraphy style lines. And that's what this looks like, you know, in reality, it's, you know, sta- mm-hmm. standing there looking at it. That's, that's what those, those chrome strips really stand out that way. Yeah. And I, I, I really like that look. Yeah. I think it looks good. I like it. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, let's get into uh, some of what's been going on this week. Last week we talked about uh, a couple of the vehicles that were being introduced uh, at CES, the Chevy Silverado EV and the Chrysler Airflow uh, concept, uh, which is going to be a, a production vehicle coming up. Um, but since then, we, of course, you know, CES has come and gone. Um, a few people actually showed up in person. Apparently, I think the attendance was about one-tenth of what it usually is. In, in I saw one number that said there was a 70% decline in the number of attendees at CES this year. No, I yeah. can't find it. I read it on my phone this morning, and I was, I, but seventy percent. Yeah, I would be surprised right. if it was if it was even more than that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the CTA is probably going to, you know, hedge the numbers on the high side. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I saw people posting photos, you know, of the halls, you know, and you just see nobody around. I was doing it. I had a meeting with uh, Quantergy, uh, a lidar company, the other day, and they were doing a live uh, virtual demo. Uh, of some of their technology from their booth, uh, so their their CMO had his iPhone and you know was walking around showing me the, the stuff in the booth, and when when he when he scanned the phone around and I could see the crowd or lack thereof, I, I was crowd. amazed. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was still, you know, <laughs> not many people there. It, yeah. You know, so hopefully uh, hopefully those that showed up uh, don't end up getting sick because you know it, there was there was plenty of room for social distancing there. Uh, but <laughs> it's the uh, perfect CES. I mean, think if every CES was like that, I think people would be less. Because oh, yeah. even regular CES, you're just like, oh my god, there's so many people here, and a lot of people will go, and they're very. Uh, they make sure that they always have hand sanitizer whenever they would shake anyone's hands. This is pre-COVID. This is just like yeah. because people would come home and they'd have the flu or they'd have something else because you're just in contact with so many people and you're next to so many people for an entire week. And it doesn't help that you're not sleeping very well and you're eating bad food, you know, the entire time. It's just it just wrecks your body. It's like when those people climb Mount Everest, except for tech tech people. It's the Mount Everest of tech. <laughs> like you can only be above like eighty thousand meters for like so long or, or 8, you just 000. die. Yeah. Yeah, like the, yeah. the death zone. That's CES. Like you can only be there for five days. After that, it's like your body starts to collapse upon itself. Yeah, I usually limit it to four days. Yeah, see that's that's smart. <laughs> yeah. Um so, but 
this year I wasn't there in, in person at all, but I still had uh, all my meetings, so that was good. Um, so anyway, during the the course of the week, you know, we got there was a lot of automotive related news. You know, started off on Monday night um, with the virtual reveal of the Mercedes Benz EQXX or Vision EQXX, I think is actually the official name. Um, have you two seen this thing? Have you taken a look at it? Uh, I what, have what looked think? at the. I have looked at it. It's uh, it's I, okay. So it's a long tail. So that means it's it's never gonna come into it. Mm-hmm. We're never gonna see it. We're never. I mean, so it, it's designed but, to race at Le Mans. Yeah, it's designed to race at Le Mans. But if you just take the front end and you put that on a production vehicle later on in 2024, which you know all the tech is supposed to show up in a car, that would be dope. I would be very very excited. It, it, you know, and they were able to like say, hey, we're getting 600. 21 to 600 or 20 to 21 miles from 100 uh, roughly 100 kilowatt uh, hour capacity pack which means they're getting six uh, miles per kilowatt which is some crazy efficiency um and i you know they're able to do that from a pack that's 30 percent lighter 50 percent less volume that's the real exciting i mean it looks great and everything but the thing inside that battery technology the the ability to get um 100 you know the same capacity as what they have say in the um in the eqs but in a pack that's 30 percent lighter and 50 percent less volume that's that's insane because now you can make 60 kilowatt hour packs and put them in cars that have the same amount of range um you know it's or or you have these like you know yeah you can just it's getting it's smaller and so not only do you have that capacity you get the range because it's lighter and you know it's all about weight it's all about cramming as much capacity into a smaller pack as possible and mercedes is is doing that and they said this is going to be in a production car this whole powertrain drivetrain situation in 2024 which is pretty great yeah okay i want i want to know what this it's it has something called neuromorphic computing did you see this no did you see this because that sounds like the part where where the world gets taken over neuromorphic (laughs) computing singularity the the hardware runs spiking neural networks information is coded in spikes and energy is only consumed when a spike occurs i I, and it's it's infancy okay do you want neuromorphic computing i feel like the car should like that makes me think of the guy from the silver ah, the the movie with with Skynet in it. Why can't I think of the name Terminator. of the movie? Terminator. Terminator. When the Terminator's like the silver guy and he morphs like he, oh, my, uh, my hand is now a knife. My hand is a gun. I'm it, now this person. It sounds cool, but it's more like your LED, you know, your TV where it's only getting energy when it, when, if it's, if the LEDs are black, they, they're not. An, an, OLED, an OLED. Yeah, they're, yeah, an OLED panel. When it's black, yeah. it's not, it's not using any energy. And when it's lit up, it is using energy. It's essentially that, <laughs> except for computer. It sounds it sounds really it sounds cool. so cool though. It, it it makes sense because okay, we're gonna use less less energy. But when you kind of like just like oh, it's like your OLED in your house. You're like oh, oh, it has, oh, a, it okay. has the, the capacity <laughs> to right. radically reduce the energy needs to run AI technology. I don't know what involves AI technology, Roberto. I'm still not sure. We don't have Skynet coming, but whatever. Oh, AI is yeah. AI, AI is like mobility. It's just a buzzword you throw on everything. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It does sound cool. You put neuromorphic computing for your AI technology. I'll buy it. Sure. That's we're using nifty. blockchain. Uh, yeah, you know, my, it's my understanding that this thing is actually a, a compact, so it's it's much smaller than the EQS. You know, it's more sounds like it's more like the size and looks. You know, from the photos, it looks more like 
the size of a CLA uh, as opposed to an E-class or an S-class, um, which makes it even more impressive that they got that much battery into it, 100 kilowatt hours of battery. And I was talking to somebody else the other day, uh, and it uh, sounds like what they've done with the battery in this thing, in order to fit that much capacity into this car, they've gone to um, a structural pack design or a, a cell-to-pack design. So most EV batteries today, you know, they're, if, you open up, if you open up the pack, you'll find a bunch of modules, so a bunch of boxes in there that are basically smaller batteries. So each module might have, you know, 24 cells in it, you know, and you might have 20, you know, 20 modules in there, 24 modules, however many modules. And, you know, the problem, you know, that having a modular design like that makes it easier to service. You know, if you have a bad cell somewhere, you can take out a module and just replace a module and put it back in the car. But, uh, you know, what they, what manufacturers have been finding is that the, for the most part, the batteries are more reliable than they thought they were going to be a few years ago. And so they're moving to this uh, cell-to-pack design because that all those modules, you know, I don't know if you remember, you know, what, 10, 12 years ago when uh, Apple went to the, um, uh, uh, the unibody design. They sealed in the batteries on the MacBooks. You know, part of the reason they did that, you know, if you look at an older laptop that, you know, has a removable battery, You've got packaging around the battery. You've got a structure in the bottom of the computer itself. That's all taking up volume that you can't put more cell in there. So going to a, a, a structural pack design like this, getting rid of all that volume, you can add. You can get about thirty percent more capacity in the same size battery pack, and that's how that's what they did here. Because the modules are essentially like, well, we could take the pack out if it fails and then replace the module. Mm-hmm. But then there, there's like so many different steps for the pack to fail, for this to happen, for this to happen, for this to happen. And then you're like, well, don't we just, how about we just take the pack, we replace the pack. And then you still have this pack that you can use for a bunch of other things and, and some other uses somewhere else down the road. And so the, the whole like, well, we could swap out the module. Yeah. It, 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 it sounded, it made sense. Yeah, it made sense because we're like, we don't know what's going to happen, and, and then until, now they're until like, they oh. realize they don't actually have to ever replace those modules. Yeah, dun dun dun. Yeah, technology. Yeah, technology so fancy for a better tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, think things are moving in the right direction to have more more affordable. You know, because you can take the same concepts, the same ideas they're doing here, put them in more affordable car, more affordable EVs. And you know, have more range, you know, at lower price points as well. So that's good too. Yeah, yeah, you could, uh, you could get a 500 mile. Because if they took all the other fancy bits out, you know, they have a low power. You know, they're not right. pushing a lot of power to their car. It's rear wheel drive only. You know, there's a lot. You know, the, the drag coefficient is, I think is 0.17, something Oof. ridiculous. Which is, I asked them, I'm like, so do you think this will ever make it into production because of regulatory issues? They're like, ah, they had a very roundabout yeah. way of saying. I mean, we could. Maybe kinda, but yeah, it's it's really it's, and so at the end of the day, it's really the the battery that that sort of yeah. is is very exciting about that vehicle. And if you can get five hundred miles instead of the six hundred, that's still a huge huge win. It's a big for, difference, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge jump. And and then this thing's also got this massive screen. You know, it goes you know, even beyond the the hyper screen that's in the EQS. You know, it's just one long display that spans the entire dashboard. 
That's what, uh, 78 inches across, I think, or something? 47. 47 inches across, yeah. It's a smaller car. Yeah. That's how we know, because the, the hyperscreen is 56, so That's it is right. smaller. There we go. That's how right. we know. Okay. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us doing math. Ooh, doing math like engineering people. Doing simple math. You know, I, I was writing about this car and I had to write – I was trying to – you know, the Teslas, you know, their efficiencies are really – are pretty good. So I was trying to figure out which – like what is the, 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 the miles per kilowatt for the currently available Teslas, the Model 3 uh, standard long range. The long range plus is gone. I don't know what happened to that thing. Um, and it was really just a simple matter of because EPA will show you how many miles it'll do or how many kilowatts it'll use in 100 miles. That's how the right. EPA shows it, which is sort of confusing. And I was like trying to figure out what the math like problem, like what was the formula? And it turns out, no, it's just 26 divided by 100. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> but I spent like 15 <laughs> minutes trying to figure out like, like uh... the... okay, hold on, hold on. What's the what's the it's got to be this really complex problem. And then finally, I'm like. It's actually oh, easier a, than you think. Oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, basic I'm an math, idiot. basic math. I got this. <laughs> I didn't become a writer to do math. That's why we have Sam on the show. That's right. <laughs> Sam, get your slide rule out. <laughs> get your graphing right. calculator out. Um, we also had another uh, German EV concept that uh, showed up. It, it, this one's actually based on a production vehicle, the BMW iX, which you've driven, Roberto. <clears throat> but... Um, this is a slightly different variant of the iX. Uh, it's called the BMW iX Flow. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did I make that face out loud? No. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> no, because it's it's okay. So the thing is, the Flow is that it features e-ink, so it changes color. You can change it from black to white. And all the shades from black to white that cover the spectrum of gray. So it's black, right? And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. We were talking about this before the show, you know, well, but you know, people buy black and white and gray cars. If you look, that's what sells. I don't care what sells. How impressive is it to see black and white, black, white, gray? Like I want a car where you push a button. It's like today it's purple. Tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. I'm making my car green. Oh, wait, it's Christmas. I want my car to be red. Like, I want it. Red I want and to green. see it. In, yeah, green with red see. stripes. Yes. Where's that car, Roberta? That would impress me. So, I mean, this is actually very cool technology. Electrophoretic technology, another fancy word. It's all about the fancy words in the CES press releases, right? But so it's cool. It's cool. But I, it's black, white, and gray. Where's the, the purple of, one? And so they said that they're like, oh, we could do this with color. Well, why didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, because I feel like it would have been more impactful. You look at this It would have been harder. It would have been way harder for them to do it. Right. But, but wouldn't it, would it have been, been like, like super a lot cool? Cooler. Wouldn't you have yeah. loved to have taken a video of it going from purple to green? So like that would have looked cool here. It's like Even yeah. four colors. Just four colors. Yeah. Well, technically, there's 8,000 shades of gray that you could do, right? But I mean, like That's... one other... <laughs> Actual color, like beyond eight thousand shades. Eight thousand shades. Forget fifty. Eight thousand. Eight thousand shades. I'm sorry. On on. the regular production iX, I'm I'm looking at the the configurator right now on BMWUSA.com. They offer two shades of white, a black, (laughs) four shades of gray, and then a blue and a red, which almost nobody would like to buy. Well, That's then why can't that. we have had, what did you just list out? I want to see those on my BMW yeah. iX Flow featuring e-ink. Where are those colors? Should have been purple, pink, 
No, blue, you know, you know, it should have been like green. Skittles colors, like supercar yeah, colors, catch bright the orange, bright purple, bright green, you yellow that blinds your retinas. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see. We you demand. Know, you know what this is actually going. This technology is actually going to be used for. Not it's, this. So they can. It's, it's going to be like you know when you when you go to buy a Kindle off of Amazon, you can buy it uh, the Kindle with uh, with ads or whatever. You know, so when you're uh, you know, when you're not reading, you know, when it's off. It shows yes. you an ad, you know, yes. as soon as you turn it on to read, you know, it goes to whatever page you were on in your book. This is going to be, you'll be able to get a subsidized version of the IX that runs ads. Oh, so, finally. So you get a couple of thousand dollars off and, you know, they'll use the e-ink to, to change up the ads all the time on your car. On the, the outside, Bell. like on the side door. So your, yeah. your IX will drive by or in it. And it will so say like program- buy pizza. Programmatic and advertising on on your on the side of your car, you know, that changes dynamically based on where you are and what you're doing. And during oh. during the dot com bubble, there was a company that would pay you like four hundred dollars to wrap your car. Mm-hmm. Like you just do a, a vinyl wrap on your car with ads, really? and then like you had like a little screen on top. That was pretty. I mean, it was the early two thousands. Um, and my friend was like, Oh, but you had to like drive a lot. It was, yeah. And we didn't, I mean, we went to, we lived in San Francisco. We went to school in San Francisco. We worked in San Francisco. So we just took the bus everywhere. It didn't make any sense so, yeah. to drive so off. It would not work yeah. for you. you You're like, well, I'm just going to drive everywhere in my car and then have to pay for parking and have to deal with that fat. No, I'm just going to sit in the bus. The bus is way easier. Yeah. <laughs> just take the bus. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was sent, you could do that. And, and then of course, you know, there, <laughs> you know, you'll also, you know, if you if you were to have a car that actually was covered in e-ink, you'd you'd always have to be the guy that parks out in the remote corner of the parking lot because, you know, you get a door ding on one of these e-ink panels, you know, now all of a sudden oh, it's yeah. shattered. Yeah, it's gonna be that, it's like a, oh, uh, it looks like yeah. a like an explosion in a comic book. All right, on the uh, the more affordable spectrum of EVs, you know, we talked last week about the the Silverado EV, uh, but during the GM uh, keynote address that they did, uh, where they introduced the Silverado, they had a one of those you know Steve Jobsian you know oh one more thing, uh, and they gave us the uh, you know they, they gave us the first preview of the new Chevy Equinox EV, which is coming uh, in the fall of 2023, and. Actually, of, of all the EVs we've seen from GM, it seems to me that this is the one that's actually the most important, uh, the most most relevant to the most people. Because this thing is apparently going to start at $30,000, sticker price. $30,000, Ultium, so that's that's more than the Bolt is, which for I don't know yeah. why they didn't make the EUV at least Ultium. I mean, it's, it's all the things that GM's been promising for the last however many years in a vehicle that looks a thousand times better than the current Equinox. Yeah. Like, like it you're looks like, good. Like, oh, maybe I want an Equinox, which is something people don't say. Nobody says like, that. Everyone randomly... says, oh, I guess I'll get an Equinox. That's, right. how, that's how the like, Equinox okay, is sold. Yeah, this this fit. Okay, the price yeah. is, and they have one, and okay, price. so I guess we're buying an Equinox. One no one's here. like, let's go buy. But this, yeah. like looking at this, I would let's go buy that. Yeah. For 30 grand? Let's go buy an Equinox. Hey, kids, we're going to go buy an Equinox. Yeah, no one's, everyone's like, hey, we're going to go get a car. What Words you no know? one has ever said before until today, Robbie. Yeah. But. It was it was always like, well, let's go look at the Equinox. It's pretty Maybe that'll it's, work. It's inexpensive. You can put a lot of stuff in it. It'll work. This will work. This is fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, at that $30,000 price point, you're probably not going to have 400 miles of range like the, the Silverado. 
you know, it's probably going to be more like, you know, 230, 240, uh, like what you get, you know, in the <clears throat> base models of cars like the Hyundai Ioniq 5 and, and various others. But still, I mean, that's that's plenty, you know, for what most people need. You know, if you, if you get that kind of range, you know, that'll be more than enough for, for almost everybody. And then, you know, they'll probably have a higher-end version for $40,000 that is 300 miles. But We we never take <laughs> We never take the Hyundai Kona, the electric Kona, to the charge station. Never. Never. I still haven't even bought, like, a level 2 charger for our house. We're really? still just plugging it into the wall. <laughs> but we drive into the city and back, and that's like, you know, we drive it past the city. We drive it, you know, you'll do – my wife will do maybe 15, 20 miles a day. But on the off days, like the weekend, it'll do 40, 50, 60, 80 miles and it's just like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Drive here, drive there. Oh, I got to do some of this other thing. Oh, I'll do this other thing. And then you plug it in, and it doesn't charge it up to 80% the first night. But it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, if we, it's just, yeah, the 200, we have 258, I think, is what it is. And we are always charging just, just to, to 80%. So we have, like, 200 miles range. It's fine. It's, yeah. it, has, it has not been an issue at all. Um, of course, think, you do live in California. So, you know, you don't have so I could drive weather very often. Well, it, it has been down to like thirty up here, but still, that's not ten. Oh my that's gosh! Still not the, oh, still not the worst. My load tomorrow was one. I just looked at the weather up early. My load was one. I have one degree when I wake up tomorrow morning. Just one. What's it going to be tomorrow? One. One. Just one. <laughs> I got to go do some woodworking outside today, and it's going to be fifty. And I'm like, oh, come on. No, oh, I hate you. Our, our, our low is only going to be five here tomorrow. Oh, five. Woo. Ooh. Well, we did go to the beach yesterday because it was like 53. We were like, yay, we're at the beach. It was all sunny and 53 and all these people were at the beach, which is very a very Northern California thing. You're like, hey, it's above 50. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> but, of course, nobody actually went in the water, though, because well, the water the air temperature was 50, it was probably about 50. The water, the water yeah. Too, right? The water is like – the water fluctuates between like about 47 and 56 year-round. In the yeah. Bay Area, and I remember if I when I was surfing, um, if it was like fifty four, I was like, "Ooh, water feels really warm today." <laughs> but I'm also wearing like a very you know like a three two wetsuit, and we took someone once in the summer who wanted to go surfing with us, and he's like, "Oh, I'm like, do you have a wetsuit?" He's like, "No, nah, no, nah, that's cool." And um, this is summertime, and we we all paddled out, and then I turned around, and he was on the beach huddled, like yeah. unable to move, and I'm like, I don't know why you thought that was a good idea. <laughs> Bay Area will kill you. Uh, the water will kill you. All right. Um, let's see. Where's my rundown here? All right. Last one I've got uh, from CES is Volvo Ride Pilot. Uh, I I had a call earlier this week with uh, Austin Russell, the CEO of Luminar, and Odegaard Anderson. Uh, she's the CEO of Zensact, which is a division of Volvo that does uh, software for uh, driver assist and automated driving. And uh, we talked about this ride pilot, which they announced. Uh, this is Volvo's, what Volvo is calling their first um, unsupervised automated driving system that they plan to launch in California. Um, and um, so, the thing about ride pilot, it, you know, you can <laughs> you can have you can have uh, you know partially automated systems where you have to supervise, and that's level two systems like. GM Super Cruise, Ford Blue Cruise, and so on. You can have what are, you know, fall into the category of level three systems, which are unsupervised, partially automated systems. And that's like the Mercedes-Benz drive pilot that you tried out in Germany. Um, and 
Um, and then you can have unsupervised, you know, fully automated systems. Yeah, and, and the way I, I like to describe these things, you know, you can have, you know, feet off, hands off, eyes off, and brain off. And for, you know, Blue Cruise, Super Cruise type systems, those are hands off and feet off, but eyes on and brain on. Level three, it's eyes off, but brain on. So you still can't climb in the back and take a nap. But you don't have to be watching the road all the time. And then uh, when you go brain off, that's systems like, you know, Cruise and Waymo and Zooks and Argo where, you know, you don't, you don't ever have to take over control. This ride pilot thing is uh, an eyes off but brain on system. So you will, you know, it's designed for automated highway driving, but you don't have to constantly watch the road you know, until it's approach. You know, if you're, uh, you know, if you've got your destination set on the nav and it's, you're coming up to your exit, then it'll give you an alert. You know, 10 or 15 seconds before that. Okay, you're going to have to take over control. That's what they're working towards, um, and that's what the the Mercedes-Benz system does. Except the Mercedes-Benz system is limited to 37 miles an hour because that's what the regulations in Europe allow for: 60 kilometers per hour or 37 miles an hour. The reason why Volvo is planning to launch this in California first, mm-hmm. because we don't have that regulation here, and so they're going to be able to do this at normal highway speeds. You know, is there is there any there? So there's no there's no maximum speed at all. Whatever the speed limit I is, I mean, there will probably be a max speed of like ninety or something. You know, <clears throat> whatever you know, whatever the actual speed, speed limit is. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, and and I think Volvo said last year that going forward they are going to cap the top speed of all their vehicles at like 111 miles an hour or something, or 112 miles an hour. Which uh, is a was, crazy fast. Which is still yeah. really, really fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's faster, it's faster <laughs> like than you should, unless you're in, in Germany on the auto. Yeah, nobody in the U.S. Is, can be, be driving, driving that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, you know, the thing is, this is going to launch on the car, on the vehicle that is the replacement for the XC90, which is coming out later this year. It's an it's an electric EV. They showed it as a concept last year, and they had it in Vegas this week, uh, called the Concept Recharge. So it's a it's an all electric three row SUV, um, and when it launches, you know that vehicle is going to have all the equipment for this. You know, much like just Tesla is done with autopilot, it's going to have all the all the hardware built in as standard equipment. So that includes lidar, uh, luminar lidar is going to be on there, and cameras and radar, but this system is not going to be enabled yet. They're going to start testing this in California this year. And they won't say when they're going to turn this on. Unlike, unlike Elon Musk, who says, oh, it's going to be ready in six weeks, six months tops. You know, they're saying, when it's ready, it's ready. We'll let you know. But you know, we're not going to charge you for it right now. You know, we're not going to make you pay for it. It's going to be available as a subscription when it, when it is enabled. And that's when they'll start charging people for it. In mm-hmm. the meantime, Crazy. We're, That's we're insane. Test it and, yeah, I mean, it's it's nuts. Who, who would do that when you could when you could collect all this extra money? You right. collect all this money. It, it's also very Swedish in Volvo, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure if there was an uh, uh, if you've if you, when you go to an auto show, uh, I very when I first started doing it, I very quickly learned that Volvo would just be like, "Hey, we have a saying. It's kind of cool, you know." Like like a guy would stand up and be like, hey, "Here's a car," blah, blah, blah. and then they, that would be it. That'd be the whole thing, and it wouldn't be explosions or anything. And then you go up to the car, you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! Why aren't you telling more people about?" It? There's like, "Oh, 
know, we made a car and it flies, but it's fine. And you're like, what? 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 Why? Was that a little bit right there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, you know, we did a thing. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Here's <laughs> and of course, you know, Volvo's all about safety anyway. Yeah. I feel very, I, I you know, um, because it is Volvo, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they have that whole yeah, like their whole their whole uh, everything about them is wrapped up in their history of safety. So they 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 are not going to put that at risk in order to rush anything like this exactly. into market. I they're going to be that, like super careful. Like, it's really true. Like if you're nervous about any kind of sort of autonomous tech, regardless of where it is, level one, level two, level three, you hear it's coming from Volvo, and you're like, well, those guys are the safety car. Like they're the safe guys. So if they think it's safe. Maybe well, it's good enough for like, Volvo. Like, if it's good enough for Volvo, like, if Volvo says yes, you know, it's like, oh, Dodge says it, forget it. But Volvo, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, they, they they do lend a certain credence to yeah, it, they, you know? Yeah, you they, know? They, they, yeah. They're like, hey, they, they, who else puts just, here's our cars crashing in TV ads. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to crash a bunch of cars just to show you they're just good at crashing. Just to show you how safe they are at crashing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. You, <laughs> you you ride in a Volvo, it crash if it crashes... You're going to be safe. You're going to walk away from that crash, yep. you know. And now, you know, going forward, we want to make sure make sure that you don't even you can't even crash. Right. You yeah. can't even. That'll be the next can't commercial. Even. Be someone actively trying to steer towards a wall, and the car's going to be like, "Sir, please don't do that." And like steer you the other way. That's what it's all going to be. Actively not crashing, is it? Pardon me, steers? sir, but I'm taking over. Right. Yeah. You're you saved crazy. my life. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. <laughs> we're going to we're going to the Walgreens. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Um, let's answer some listener questions. We've got a bunch of them this week. Um, first one from Tom Prosima. Okay. I've OD'd on EV news. Anything on the 2022 Audi A4, S5, A5, S5 models? Um, is there anything? No, I don't think there is anything new from the 22s. I think they're just carrying over. No, yeah. next question. No. <laughs> They're going to be EVs, uh, Tom? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they get these EV versions. Uh, wait, let us get a press release. We can talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, the new A4 and S5 and so on, I think that they're probably going to be next year sometime. Maybe they might they might be revealed this year. But uh, for, for right now, for the twenty the model year 22s, they're, they're just carryover. Um, Brent Barenhausen, uh, this is not actually um, – a question so much as he posted on Twitter, uh, okay, posted a picture of the, uh, the cup holders on the carts at target look like a Wrangler grill. I'm pulling and up the image now. Cause I didn't pull up the image earlier. Let's see. Look at it. Look at it. Wait, yeah, he, wait, wait. Absolutely look- right. Holy crap. That, uh, there you go. One, That's- two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight slots. So there's no, well, they didn't want to get sued by, yeah, they don't want to get sued. They don't want to be Mahindra issue. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my or God. Hummer. Oh, that's Hummer, all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Also, also, Bryn, that's a lovely little rainbow fleece thingy you've got in your cart there. I approve of that's cute. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one uh, from Brianna Wu. What other Amazon technologies besides e-ink would make poor car features? Uh, so, you know, we talked about the e-ink on the, on the, the iX Flow. Uh, anything else from Amazon that you think would, would be bad on a car? That Amazon makes... And, you know, a lot of cars I have I don't Alexa want, voice services built in now. Yeah, I don't want to be ordering things on my car. I feel like unless – like, You know, I, I mean, I guess if you're reordering – if you're reordering stuff, you're like, hey, Alexa, reorder soap. 
and then it just does that. Like, remember the little buttons yeah. that they used to have? You just yeah. push a button around your house when you're out of like laundry soap and it would yeah. just automatically like that seems okay. But when you're like, Alexa, tell me five things about, you know, tell, and now I, I'm sorry, everybody. I just screwed up everyone's Alexa in their house. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I, just, I just realized what I was doing. Uh, Amazon, I always called it Alice. I had a developer talk to me about it and they said they call what you said, Alice, and they call the Apple version Sarah. So it was Alice and Sarah, so that they could avoid when they were having conversations uh, okay. about making it so, go sometimes. Off so all the time. those are, I think, those seem a little too close. And sometimes I think they would probably recognize those. Yeah, maybe just call it Madam A. You know, Madam, Madam A. That sounds very terribly Madame, formal, Sam. Madam, Madam A. A. Uh, Amazon saying, oh, you know, tell me if I've you know, I, I need to order batteries and it gives you like a rundown of batteries. And now your brain is thinking about the different yeah. batteries that are available. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that in my car. I also don't want uh, people doing podcasts and saying the wake words of other. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. I apologize everyone for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, have, have you, have either of you tried, you know, things like fire TV or you know, any of the other Amazon technologies that are in some vehicles? Um, not, I haven't tried fire TV in the, I, I haven't tried I the tried Amazon auto thing either. I know that's out. I'm supposed to get one for review and then I don't know what happened. It was like every once in a while people are like, yeah, we're going to send you this thing or, Hey, this car is going to show up. And then it just doesn't. Yeah. And you end up being so busy that you kind of forget about it for six months. You're like, Oh, Hey, what happened to that thing that was supposed to come in? And then, yeah, maybe I made them mad with a tweet. Who knows? <laughs> what did you say? What oh, thing no, did you I, say? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the Jeeps, the Jeeps have Fire TV built. The Wagoneer and the uh, the Grand Cherokee have Fire TV built in uh, uh, for the the rear seat enter- entertainment system. Um, and I think actually for the, the the if you get the passenger screen on those, you can also watch Fire TV on those. You know, watch Amazon Prime Video shows and things like that. Cool. But, you can watch um, whatever's on Amazon. Yeah. Stuff, there's, I guess. Some, there's some good stuff there. <laughs> there is. I, I, I watch Little Amazon time. Prime TV a lot, video Prime, whatever it's called now. All right. Um, <laughs> next up, oh, well, of course, there's The Expanse. Oh, yeah, The Expanse. I got to start rewatching it because I watched oh, the first yeah. season and then I don't know what happened. I got, you know, life and I feel like I have to go back, rewatch the first season because now they have all the seasons, yeah. et cetera. There's one episode left. This one, this week, okay. This week that's is the final. Is that the episode. final final? That's final that's also my power move. Is that I wait? Like I started watching Insecure and I watched the first episode and I stopped. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna wait till this is done and then I'm gonna watch them all at once. I was because I really dis- liked it. I was all in discovery mode for a while and I just finished that. It was very disappointing. So maybe I'll move on to Expanse and it'll be better. It okay. has to be better. Anything. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, the Expanse is fantastic. I, yeah. uh, all right. <laughs> Next up from Surtur. Um, What's this about Toyota, Toyota and solid-state batteries? Are they fast charging? Uh, do, they, do you need a billion-dollar factory to make them? Um, as far as the billion-dollar factory, uh, yes. You, yes. Yeah. You definitely need a billion-dollar. I mean, <laughs> unless you want to make you know, one or two. I mean, if you want to make Every it. Every factory is a billion-dollar factory. If yeah. you're making Pokemon, it's going to be a billion-dollar factory. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're making solid-state batteries, billion dollars. Yeah, any, any batteries, you're looking, you know, one to two, depending on your volume, you know, one to two billion dollars at a minimum. Uh, for a battery plant. Um, as far as, you know, Toyota's, like a lot of companies, has been working on solid-state batteries for a long time. Um, you know, we're probably going to start seeing some, you know, hit production vehicles in about the 2025, 2026 timeframe. Um, that's that's what, that seems to be the general consensus. 
Um, they should be able to charge faster. Um, you know, but of course that also depends on the charger you use, but they should be able to charge, charge faster, more safely than current generation lithium ion batteries. So that's the, that's the, that's the dream is the solid state because it charges yeah. quicker. Um, it's like, you know, you get the five safer. minute quick charge, it's safer. And then, uh, yeah, it's just right now they only last like about a hundred charges or a right. thousand <laughs> charges or something, but it went that they can figure that out. It's like Toyota and Samsung are the two big players right now who are doing it. There's a bunch of, well, there's, there's like, there's 5,000 like startups that have been doing it forever. But I feel like, like once the big guys get into it, you're like, okay, because yeah. they're just going mean, to eat up all those startups who are doing good work. Yeah. I mean, to, um, there's QuantumScape, which is working with Volkswagen, mm-hmm. uh, Solid Power, which is working with BMW and Ford. Uh, SES is working with GM, and, and there's there's some others out there as well. Factorial Energy, I forget. I think they just got a partnership deal with uh, Hyundai, if I recall. They got they got an investment from somebody. But all right, <clears throat> Adam J uh, says uh, more realistic, useful auto announcement. Emits lots of lots of vaporware and moonshots, as to be expected at CES. After all, I like GM going for a thirty thousand dollars starting price uh, Equinox EV, uh, which we talked about already, and next generation Android Automotive with the latest Qualcomm tech. Uh, this that may get me to consider a Polestar three. So yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about this. Um, you know, Qualcomm had a bunch of announcements this week uh, with their Snapdragon Ride platform, which is for ADAS and automated driving. Uh, and GM is using that for their Ultra Cruise, as well as for an updated version of Super Cruise that's launching with the uh, the Cadillac Lyric this spring. Um, and then they also talked about their their uh, new their updated uh, infotainment chips that are uh, they're one of the one of numerous companies that's using them is Volvo um, for the Polestar three and the the aforementioned XC90 replacement, which is on the same platform. And, you know, they're incorporating a bunch more stuff with Android Automotive. You know, Qualcomm is working with Volvo on that implementation on there. Um, in fact, uh, Volvo, I think just this this week or last week, also announced that they're going to start enabling YouTube on their vehicles that have their current um, Android Automotive system on there so that when you're, when you're charging, uh, you can watch YouTube videos. Um, so... No, uh, no Netflix or other video streaming yet, but you will be able to start with, with YouTube, and they're going to have a bunch of other stuff that they're putting in the next-generation vehicles. You can watch Stop Making Sense on YouTube. It's, like, cut up, but you can watch it. Oh, really? <laughs> the, the, the talking heads. Uh, and the, Oh, you can watch our, I'm sure. I, I Ten-minute segments. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Do either of you have a YouTube channel? Yeah. There yeah, you go. So you, you, can, you can watch videos that, uh, that Robbie makes. and Yeah, Roberto Baldwin. Just go to YouTube and search up Roberto Baldwin. There you go. Okay, and Nicole, do you have one? Nicole, do you have a YouTube I, channel? I don't. I did for oh, one should, thing a million you should years do it. ago. And Just didn't. say you do and then go out and get it after this podcast. And that okay, way when people sure, get, I do. Yeah, by, the t- yes. by the time I get this posted, you'll, you'll have it. I'll have a YouTube have channel. <laughs> 50 videos, all of you just pointing at cars. That's essentially all I do is I stand on video and be like, look at this car. And then I say things. That's my video. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, da- Daisy Sirius asks, hi, wheel bearings. I have a question. What's the best way to buy a car in 2022? Oh. Walk into a dealership? Are any of these online car buying things reputable? Uh, I need to buy an EV hatchback right now, not put in an order for later. How do I even find out what's available? P.S. My team crashed my beloved old Prius. Loudly crying face. Oh. She's okay, but uh, the car was totaled. Uh, amazing how little damage it takes. Yeah, that that is something unfortunate on a lot of modern cars. What would seem like a relatively minor crash 
can bend and break a lot of stuff under the mm-hmm. skin that would be very expensive to replace. Um, so any thoughts from either of you on best way to buy a car right now? A new car? Uh, she doesn't oh. say. I, I responded okay. on, on, um, on Twitter to this one um, to find, you know, to see if uh, she could tell us, you know, what, what budget she had and whether she needed a, a new or used, but uh, I, okay. So we, 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 we bought our, uh, I mean, she's looking for like a little hat, uh, EV hatchback, which essentially they're all crossovers. Really. I mean, we have our Kona electric. We really like it. Um, It's a good car. It's a, it's a car that just happens to be an EV. If you're not looking for, you know, weird gimmicky stuff, then it's a pretty sweet, uh, it's a sweet jam. Um, That being said, I don't, dealerships are the worst. I, and it's so hard to get anything to walk I mean, the, the, in. Our dealership was actually pretty good, but for the most part, ugh. I'm kind of hoping she lives in California since there's stuff in California that we don't have everywhere else. You know, things roll out more in California. If well, from you her live- Twitter profile, she's in Colorado. Uh. Uh, but Colorado <laughs> Colorado did adopt the uh, the California ZEV mandate. So okay. the EVs yeah, but aren't you can there still in California, you can aren't also there, get in Colorado. Aren't there still a good number or at least a, a healthy number of EVs that automakers are just like, isn't the Ionic just Ionic five or something just in California to start? No, like it's, in, or, it's in all the ZEV states. I feel all like the ZEV states. All the ZEV yeah. states. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you can get a Chevy Bolt from like Costco for like a nickel. <laughs> like once they start selling them again, uh, yeah. you can get right. a Chevy Bolt. Yeah. From Costco thing. for a nickel. I, you know, if California, I used um, for a few years, I used a startup called shift. They're backed by BMW. Um, but it's just it's used cars. But yeah, I would just go online and I would look. At, you know, I put in what I wanted, manual transmission, blah blah blah. And then it would show me the available cars. And then I would say, oh, I want to see this car. And then they would schedule a time for them to bring the car to my house. And then me and my wife would drive it around and say yes or no. And if we liked it, they would just leave it and go away. <laughs> <laughs> and if they if we didn't like it, they would take the car away. And then we would find another car and do that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, Car- Carvana will will deliver cars to you as well. Uh, it, it, I think a lot depends on if you're looking for a new or a used car. If if you're looking for something new, you know, one of the things that has happened over the last few years is you know every new car dealer has a website and almost almost all of them now uh, will show you all of their available inventory, so you can search through what they have available on the lot. Um, and you know, I I did a little. Search, uh, you know, I, I don't know where in Colorado Daisy is, um, you know, but I just looked for Denver. Uh, and, for example, you know, uh, Hyundai dealer, you know, I looked at a couple of Hyundai dealers in Denver. They've got inventory of Kona EVs and also one of them also had some Ionic EVs, uh, Ionic 5s, uh, the, the new one. Um, you know, if you're looking for something a little more affordable that's new, there's also the Nissan Leaf, which starts at thirty grand. Uh, and you can still get the the tax incentive on that. Um, there, uh, you know, the Bolt. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking for something, you know, if you're if you're interested in something used, you know, there's a bunch of options. You can get used Leafs, Bolts, um, and uh, i3s, BMW i3s. You know, I don't know how much range she needs. Uh, you know, that's that's also an option. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, the um, Hyundai, or the Kia Niro EV is also another mm-hmm. good option as well if you're looking oh, yeah. for something in that that size. Yeah, that is a good one. 
It's yeah. got lower. It's got more uh, rear. Uh, if you have kids, if you see it more rear, um, what's it called? Space for your legs. Than, leg room. Uh, Kona. Cane room. Leg room. Yeah. <laughs> room for your legs. Leg room than the. Uh, it's like it's the same car, but it's got more leg room than the. Yeah, it's got Kona the same EV. battery, same same motor, and everything. Just uh, longer wheelbase. Yeah. Uh, so you got a little more cargo space, a little more leg room in the back. Um, so that's that's another really good option. Yeah. Uh, and oh, there's also the uh, VW ID4 is another one that's you know in that same same kind of similar size class um you know you probably don't want to wait for um the subaru solterra or bz4x uh, and she like needs she one needs right now her car is totaled so yeah yeah so yeah. there's 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 a bunch of options out there um you know but what i would do is if you're looking new or if you're looking used you know go and you know you can check out the inventory that's available online before you go to a dealer. And if you find something, then make arrangements to get a test drive. A lot of dealers now, like you experienced with Shift, will actually bring the car to you for a test drive. Um, so that, that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Carvana, you can do the whole thing online. Although I've heard a lot of mixed reviews with Carvana with that experience. Because you don't drive the car. They just bring you a used car, which I'm yeah. like, eh. Because I remember I wrote an article an article about Shift when they, I don't know, a long time ago. And Carvana's like, yeah, we're the same thing. I'm like, but you're not. Like, you, you don't bring me the car until I buy it. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with the car. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think they do supposedly have a seven-day return policy from Carvana. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've heard some stories that, you know, people have had a hard time with that. Um, so there's... Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, it's tough buying anything, but yeah, you can so at least for shopping around. You know, you can use sites like Auto Trader, uh, which I, th- you know, Nicole writes for. I think on yeah, occasion. Yeah, I, I think on occasion I've done some stuff, but you know, in, in, for the Carvana thing, yeah, I too have heard mixed results. But you know what? I'm just trying to think compared to the normal dealer experience. I don't know that I've heard worse results from Carvana, or is it just kind of on par with? You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, at least, at least at least at least a dealer you yeah. can a local dealer you can go and look yeah, at the car, somebody. take it for yeah, a test drive. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, in terms of people like, oh, you know, it wasn't what I expected, or returning it, or the challenges, or you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's better, but I don't know that it's worse <laughs> either. Yeah. It's certainly a, a more, at least for the buying process. I think you know something like Carvana's, you know, less friction. Yeah, and, you know, not having to deal with salespeople. We, yeah. is, a, is yeah. a big plus for a lot of people. I think. That's true. We we were fortunate when we bought the Kona. The, the dealer was actually really cool. Um, but it also, my wife immediately told him what I do for a living. So, <laughs> Which makes and, a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so going to pull the wool over these people. Yeah. Guys. And they, there was one thing that they kept trying to sell us. So I'm all, no. <laughs> and, like, no. and I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this markup? I'll also markups. Like, just say yeah. no to the markup. Oh, just say, yeah, I'm absolutely. not going to buy this. If, if, if any dealer that's insisting on a, you know, especially on a new car, you know, on a markup, uh, you know, just walk away. There's, there's yeah. other stuff out there. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tweet something about a, a local dealership that has a $15,000 markup on a BRZ right now. $15,000 markup on a oh $30,000 car. 15, one, five, comma, I, zero, I guess they think zero, they're going to sell it. Zero. But you know, that's well, the scary thing. If they're doing that, then they actually are like, no, we can sell it and do this. Like, well, someone's and, and buying this is, that? This is the problem. I, I did a couple of media interviews this week. You know, uh, I think I did one for Reuters and uh, somebody else as well, talking about this um, you know, with the, the prices and the markups. Yeah, and the, the, the challenge you know, is that these dealers, you know, when you're buying from a dealer or anybody else for that matter, they own the vehicles, and you know it's it's a free market economy, 
and you know it's all supply and demand. You've got limited supply right now, and there's a lot of demand, and there's you know it may be on it. It's you know I think it's unethical. Yeah, uh, I think it's unfair to consumers to to be charging you know to try and put it, put these huge markups, especially on new models that are you know in high demand like Broncos, the F one fifty Lightning, you know things like that, you know the BRZ. Um, to you know, it's unfair to consumers, but it's not illegal. You know, they can right. they can charge. It's just like you know, you sell your house. You can charge. You can ask any price you want for your house. If it's too high, people won't buy it. Right. You know? But you know, somebody out there might buy it. And you know, I, I hate it. You know, and if if a dealer ever, you know, if I was shopping for a car and a, a dealer had you know a market adjustment, you know, uh, that was more than a few dollars, I would just walk away and go somewhere else. <laughs> I did, yeah. They were. I, I I know someone who had a ten thousand dollar market adjustment markup to their Bronco that they ordered. Remember yeah. when you ordered your wow. like you ordered your car and then they're like, okay, now it's ten thousand dollars. And then more. they got. What did they do? Did they pay it or did they, they ended say, up? The they ended you? up talking them down to like I think thirty five hundred. Yeah. Which is still, imagine, like, which but, is yeah, still but, too much. But you're like, okay, I've been waiting for my Bronco and waiting for right, my Bronco. Right, because you've been waiting forever. Yeah, and they've kind of got the you. Thing. You know, when when you when you do place an order with a dealer, you know. Read the paperwork you're signing. You know, make you know, make sure that there's no loopholes in there that say the dealer can add an additional markup on there. You know, if you don't, you know, otherwise, you know, especially in this market, you you could end up getting hosed. Um, you know, so you know, if 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 there's any concern, you know, put something in there stipulating this is the price I'm going to pay. And if they if the dealer won't agree that you know the whatever the sticker price is is what you're going to pay. Don't don't give them any money. Just walk away. It's it's not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. it, no, there's no car out there that that's worth it. You, you know, don't have FOMO. You know about this stuff. Just walk away. You don't have to be the first one on your block with a Bronco or any other you know fun new vehicle. You know, just wait, wait. You know, yeah. the, if you know if there's enough demand, you know, manufacturers will keep building these things as you know, as fast as they can, and right. you'll eventually get one. You don't have to be the first. Yeah, don't don't encourage these guys. Exactly. Yeah, if you can avoid encouraging that stuff, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Michael Sim asks, I would love your thoughts on where the automotive industry is going with every manufacturer basically making a skateboard platform containing the batteries, suspension, and electric motors while merely changing the top hat. VW is MEB, GM is Altium. Uh, as I've written before, I think Fisker has a viable plan to market an EV because they're utilizing a version of the Magnus Steer skateboard for their Ocean SUV. I think SU- I think Sony is doing the same thing with their prototype vision vehicles. Uh, who knows what Sony is doing? <laughs> Sony doesn't know uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is preventing companies like Tesla from using their multiple gigafactories to manufacture EVs for other companies as a way to amortize their billions of infrastructure investment? Elon Musk has said that his technology is open to others. Why doesn't a small EV company skip building a factory and not recreate the wheel, so to speak? The uh, average driver won't know the difference between batteries from Tesla, CATL, Panasonic, etc. Electric motors are likewise pretty homogenous in feel. Um, heck, we even homogenize ICE vehicles with every manufacturer making a 2-liter I4 uh, turbo uh, already. GM and Honda are already in a collaboration that helps Honda skip years of development and cost for EVs. Is it hubris, pride that prevent these small upstarts from working with a larger company, or are they just trying to milk money from investors? Uh, thanks. Keep up the great work. 
I think Fisker's doing the right thing. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think uh, Tesla would be able to help anybody at this point. They just can't. They're, they're, they, I mean, right now, if you order a, t- I just had someone send me a message like, "Yeah, we order a Tesla. It's supposed to be here for, uh, February. Now it's August, right? Or yeah. June. I don't know. It's it's It'll months think, months like, later. It's if become not, like a yeah. It's like a thing that Tesla does that. And I, if you're going to buy a Tesla, you sort of know that going in, and you either accept it or you don't buy a Tesla. But it's certainly not something that. Aside from the current, you know, shortages of cars that you that other automakers will tolerate as a rule, like they don't want to be like, oh, I know we told you you'd have your new whatever Bronco in March, but you're not going to see it till next December. You know, they're not going to do that because they can't reliably get batteries from someone. Yeah, yeah te- Tesla actually has done this before. That you know they had a deal with Toyota, and you know they provided the batteries and powertrain for the. RAV4 EV back in like 2011, 12, 13. Um, Toyota eventually canceled that deal uh, because they had a very hard time working with Tesla. Um, they are a very difficult company to work with, whether mm-hmm. you are you know, a customer um, you know, buying components from them for your EVs or a supplier providing components to Tesla to build their vehicles. I've heard a lot of horror stories from a lot of suppliers over the years about their dealings with Tesla. Um, you know, similarly, Daimler uh, had a deal with them. They were using Tesla batteries and, and motors for uh, electric versions of the Smart for a while, and I think also for the the B class. Um, they no longer do that. You know, I think it it all. You know, we've we ha- we see you know large manufacturers doing deals like this to share platforms. Um, you know, in addition, you mentioned GM and Honda, um, Ford for a couple of European market EVs is using the VW MEB platform. They have a partnership with them. Um, but you know, it, once it, you know, you're right that there's not a huge amount of difference, you know, between the batteries and motors and stuff from different manufacturers. There's, there's a lot of similarity. Um, yeah, it depends. You know, once you get up to scale, um, you know, then it makes sense to to do your own. Once you're building enough, you know, rather than buying from somebody else. So, you know, if you're you know building you know a few thousand vehicles, yeah, you you buy from somebody else. If you're building hundreds of thousands to millions of vehicles, you, you might as well do it yourself because you're not going to save any money by through mm-hmm. a partnership. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, and I think it's a. Like you know, the 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 GM Honda, you know, the Ultium platform is is there. Uh, Volkswagen is very very open that they're like, hey, anyone wants to use MEB platform, we'll we'll do it if you you know as long as you pay us. Um, which is you know, we thought we were going to get the ID buggy. We were so close. We were so close <laughs> to getting the ID it was buggy. Right there. It was right there, and then it was like, oh, yeah, now we don't. Well, VW did announce they're finally going to reveal the production version of the ID Buzz in March. 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 I'm very excited. So, yeah. I wrote a whole thing about how I'm excited and how it's a different. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, I said it's it's a different vehicle. Uh, is being um, it's a different world compared to when it was uh, unveiled. When it was unveiled, we were like as a, as a concept, we were all very excited because of nostalgia and a bug mm-hmm. and a micro bus. And now as a as a as a uh, EV van, um, you still have the nostalgia issue, but now we have van life and people who because of the pandemic who want to you know they they want to travel and do things and they realize that they can do that in a vehicle. And I think it's a I think it's going to help uh, VW. Uh, so people who wanted it before were like, hey, you know, I'll get more. But now there's a whole other audience that's probably looking at this thing um, when it gets unveiled in March. All right. Last I, one from 
Oh, did you have something else? I was just going to say ID buggy one more time. <laughs> ID buggy, ID buggy, ID buggy. It was fun. I got to drive it at, at Pebble. I was so excited. Ah, I'm so you sad. Know, I'm sure somebody, you know, VW doesn't build it. I'm sure somebody will. That was the plan. Like some other company was going to build it, but I think it didn't work. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, so, I'm, some, somebody will come along and do it. <laughs> fingers crossed. From, uh, from Justin Risky. Uh, I wanted to write you all to ask you a question about user-replaceable lights on newer vehicles. Since listening to your podcast and hearing about your positive review of the Hyundai Palisade and seeing how many others approve of it and the Telluride, I've decided to order one for myself. Hopefully within the next four months, I will be the proud owner of a 2022 calligraphy. Uh, That's the top trim level of the the Palisade. Um, Seeing as how, uh, how everything seems to be going LED, which I'm a personal fan of, I cannot help but wonder, are the days of being able to go to an auto parts store and buy replacement bulbs for your vehicle a thing of the past? I have this fear that instead of buying a replacement bulb costing me 20 bucks, uh, I'm going to be forking out hundreds of dollars on an entire assembly if any one of the little LEDs that go out, uh, any one of the little LEDs go out. I know LEDs are supposed to last for a really long time, but I'm also seeing other modern vehicles with entire DRLs, daytime running lamps, and other lights already burnt out. Do you think that user repairability is over? I'm curious as to what you three think about this thank you for the great podcast uh to help me get through my work day each week um so i i mean i actually have i i put replacement led headlamps on my miata you know, they're they're Fancy. in a package that's yeah. you know, shaped like a like a standard you know traditional seven inch sealed beam uh lamp but you know it's got leds in there so that I can actually see at night. Because when I first got that thing, the first time I was driving at night, it's like I turn on the lamps, the headlights, and it's like, like what? Wow, where is everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I got, I've got some aftermarket LEDs, um, but I, I have not, uh, I have not actually tried replacing the LED, you know, to, to, or even to check if the LEDs are replaceable on any of these modern vehicles. Um, my wife's our Civic has uh, halogen bulbs, and you can replace the bulbs in those. I don't know. I would. I would assume. I, I mean, it's probably I, dumb to make an assumption, but nah, you might be able to replace an LED module in there. You can. I mean, I know you could. The headlights. Weirdly, I just was. I'm writing a gigantic story about uh, headlight bulbs for CNET, and um, was just googling uh, LEDs and changing your halogen lights in your car to LED lights and. Uh, there are a mind-boggling number of options out there. So based purely on just looking up this information over the last few days personally for this article, there's a lot of them out there. So, I mean, maybe someday it'll go away, but especially for headlights anyway right now. And like Sam was saying, you can convert your halogens to LEDs because the light is better and clearer and brighter and goes further and goes wider, um, lasts longer than a halogen bulb. Uh, so there's still options for doing that. I mean, I and they do last so much longer. I, you know, I think with anything, you're going to see that freak thing where that LED light that was supposed to last, you thought was going to last you 10 years, lasted you 10 minutes, but it can happen with any kind of part. I don't know that there are any more fallible than other random parts in your car that are supposed to last for a really long time, maybe at some point. But I think people, you know, if you start to find out like with a lot of things, you know, you, you, if you're doing research on your car and you're a do it yourself, or you can find stories where people will talk about how easy it is or is not to do common maintenance things on cars. And I think if, you know, manufacturers make it increasingly difficult for people to do things, the manufacturers that make it easy will find the do-it-yourselfers gravitating towards those. That's a, that's a selling feature. You want to be able to change your light bulb, your 
you know, $20 bulb without having to take it into the dealer and spend an hour and a half of labor to have them take things apart and do it for you. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's got a ways before we hit a point where those things aren't easily replaceable by most consumers. Yeah, I think it's 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 probably it, yeah, it's definitely going to be more expensive. The price of LEDs just continues to drop though, because we're putting them in absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. So at some point, it's going to be like when I needed a new catalytic converter for my Honda Civic uh, way back in the day. Um, I could either buy the one from Honda, which was seven hundred dollars at the time, or I could buy the aftermarket high flow carb rated one for two hundred dollars. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. So this one adds more power to my Honda. And it's carbureted, which means it works for, you know, for California Air Resource Board. So it's 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 legal and it's cheaper and I don't have to, like, cut the pipes. OK, well, I think <laughs> I so I think we're just, there's going to probably be some 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 cheaper options than what you get from a dealership for these lights. Just like, you know, you're not I don't go to the, the Hyundai dealership to get Sylvanian lights for or, or, or a GE lights. So I think we're going to see the, those um, those companies building the um, the light modules for these things. But yeah, it is a good, it is a, like if you buy a new car and then like after a year, like one LED is out, like it might not be a big deal, but you know, it's just going to bug the hell out of you. Absolutely. <laughs> like you have this whole LED array and then one is out. And you're just like, oh, it's not worth paying, you know, $200 to replace this thing. But God, it's driving me nuts. Yeah. I mean, you know, a few years ago, if you wanted LED lamps, LED bulbs for your house, you know, I mean, they were like $10 a piece or more, you know, now you can. You know, go to your big box store and you know buy a box of ten of them for for six or seven dollars. Uh, you know, so you're right. The, the price has come way down, and I would hope that you know they the manufacturers are using, you know, that, that they have the LED modules as a separate module, so you don't have to replace the whole cluster because those those clusters, oh, yeah. you know, the lenses they have in there, those things are insanely expensive. Uh, you know, it's it's not unusual. You know, if you have to repl- if you you know get into a you know a, a minor accident and you have to replace a headlamp cluster you know thousand fifteen hundred dollars for one of those headlamp clusters is not unusual but you know in most in, in almost all cases at least with the halogen or projectors you know you can replace just the light module without replacing the whole cluster and i, I would hope yeah. that's the same thing is true with leds but we'll i'll look into that and we'll get back to you next time I think the the ones with the light signature, you know, when you turn on your car and like a bunch mm-hmm. of crazy stuff happens, yeah. like the Audis and the BM, you know, the high ends, those are going to be expensive because those are all individually addressable LEDs, so you have a completely different uh, board on there. Whereas the ones that just turn off and on when you have when you hit the brake light, I think those are going to be much cheaper because it's just you know it's essentially just off on off on. Yeah. All right, uh, that's all we've got for this week. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.